I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yeah, and it's real weird because we're recording during the day on a Wednesday. Yeah. Which is... Bizarre. Never. We don't sound like we're absolutely exhausted and ready for bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm it's bright in here. It's warm outside. Like it's feeling very odd. I'm not like absolutely uh, dead tired from working all day. So uh, this is weird. It's weird. It's It's weird. It's different. We're here for it. We love it. We love it. All right. Well, let's jump into the news of today and let's talk about, I know you and I both have this. It's really the only thing I have because my week has been bananas. And also (laughs) there's so much on this topic. I mean, it's kind of the only thing I've been thinking about anyway. Right. It's kind of all over social media. I think for a lot of us that like follow those types of accounts, like a lot of, you know, now this politics yeah. and things like that mm-hmm. are sharing a lot of videos of what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty much seeing it everywhere. Even and- today I was at, um, I was at a hotel. I was meeting somebody like I, I had a meeting this morning and I was sitting in the hotel lobby and it was on, like it was on CNN, no sound. So Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is that it's like ongoing. So because we are recording this on Wednesday morning, we're not going to have the most up-to-date information about what's happening with the hearing for the Supreme Court possible new justice, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Um, but we will give you what we know so far and what is kind of big in that topic at the moment. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about... President Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. She is on track to become the first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court. She is extremely 
qualified for the job, having been a former U.S. District Court judge for eight years and a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission and newly appointed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. She has also been through three separate Senate confirmation proceedings since 2010. She is actually more highly qualified than at least four of the judges who are currently sitting on the bench. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. She was also, I believe, a defense attorney, if I remember hearing that correctly. And Mm -hmm. then I believe she also worked for the district attorney or the prosecutor. There was some other office that she worked for as well and something that you know, Democrats are very much applauding her for is that she started from, you know, being a defense attorney all the way to where she is right. now and just kind of working her way up those ranks throughout Not the years. just a defense attorney. She was a public defender, which right. is, um, there hasn't been a public defender sitting on the bench since Thurgood Marshall. So that's absolutely wild. And now tell me if I'm right. I believe the difference between like a public defender and a defense attorney would be that like a public defender is one that you're just kind of like, like if I were to go to court right now and I don't have a lawyer, I would be appointed a appointed public a attorney. public attorney a defender i yeah. wouldn't be given necessarily i would have to hire a defense attorney right to make a, de- it that a way, defense right? attorney yes you can choose a defense attorney usually they cost a lot a lot a lot of money right so you a public make, defender is just free for the person who needs it right right which i believe also that that was her choice it you know it wasn't like she couldn't obviously she's a very, very good lawyer and judge. very, very Um, smart. It's not as though she couldn't have been a defense attorney and made a lot of money. No, she wanted to help the people that couldn't afford a proper defense and still have them have a good defense. And I think that that's something really interesting is that like defense attorneys and public defenders can be seen as like the bad guy because they're defending the person on trial rather than, you know, or defending the person who's allegedly done something bad. You know right. what I mean? So we automatically think negatively about that person. But where we don't vital. always think about it's so vital. Every yeah. single person deserves and needs a proper defense. So having someone who truly does care be there as a public defender is so important. Right. I mean, and also as a black woman uh, and a public defender, I'm sure she has seen the ways in which our society has railroaded people as well, or our legal system has railroaded people as well. Yeah. But, you know, her confirmation is, before I go into everything else, like her confirmation is all but a foregone conclusion. There really isn't anything for them to attack her with and they know it which is why they are attacking things like her record as a public defender they are saying that she was soft on crime yes for no reason other than the fact she was a public defender because if you look at her record uh she was very fair it would seem yeah um but it's because she was defending criminals that she's seen as being right light on crime the vast, vast, vast majority in the reading I was doing, the vast majority of people who go on to be judges, let alone Supreme Court justices, start out as prosecutors. Right. So it's very rare or, you know, maybe not very rare, but far more rare for a defense attorney, let alone a public defender to go on to be a judge. Certainly. Um, I wanted to mention really quick, I think his name is Dick Durbin, but I did something on my phone and I think it's affected my iPad that if I write duck, it 
changes it to fuck because I was sick of oh, it yeah. being the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I can't write duck. It just changes it to fuck. Uh-huh. And I, so I'm guessing his name isn't Duck Durbin. It's Dick Durbin, the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. I would assume. <laughs> yeah. I would assume it's not Duck Durbin. Yeah. I wrote fuck Durbin, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. It's got to be Dick. Yeah. Oh, Madigan, Madigan. Introduced Jackson as a champion of the rule of the law with a long record of excellence and integrity. And the quote that they said was, the reality is the court's members in one respect have never really reflected the nation they served. Mm -hmm. And it's more than 230 years the Supreme Court has had 115 justices. 108 of them have been white men. Just two justices have been men of color. Only five women have served on the court and just one woman of color. That is... So upsetting. Like all yeah. of those things I knew, like as you said them, I but was when like, you yeah, say so them in a list like that, yes. and you break it down into those numbers, especially with that first one being 108 of that 200 or what was it? 108 of the 115 justices were white men. Yeah. And then breaking it down into those smaller Only groups. Two men of color even. Yes. Which is just like that. You'd is, think that that number would at least have been a little bit higher before. I don't know. I mean, which all of it's upsetting. A lot of this racist shit that's being hurled at her during this confirmation hearing, which also, by the way, can we just for a second talk about how well she is handling herself oh my gosh she's giving herself pep talk after pep talk like girl keep your cool get through this when you get home you're gonna have a vodka tonic and yell about it and you're gonna be fine but for now bitch you better keep your cool and and (laughs) for the most part I don't even think that she's really struggling with it no she's a judge and a badass she's fine that's just how I would be (laughs) there was one like I saw Ted Cruz was showing her a book about babies about babies being racist yeah and like, yeah, I think it was um, written by the same guy who wrote How to Be an Anti-Racist. And, yeah. But it's a children's book. And he was like, what do you think about this book? And the the pause and the sigh yeah. that she gave before calmly, gracefully, articular, articulately answering his question was so telling. Like, yeah. there, that silence was so loud in the pause that she took right before <laughs> she like, addressed him. am I him. really going to answer this question yeah, right she's now? she's like, he asked, are babies racist? And she was just like, why are you asking her? Like, no. Okay, well, this, this is why, this is why they're asking because she was appointed, hold on, let me find this. The basis for the questioning was because she is on the board of trustees for Georgetown Day School in D.C. So he's saying because she is working for like a K through 12 school, he's believing then that she would in some way have control over the curriculum, even though she's just like on a board of trustees or something like that. So that was kind of her response to that, like. No, I do not think babies are racist. And even if I did, I don't have control over the curriculum of the school that I work at. I'm on the board of trustees. So from what I read, I believe it was on CNN. They were saying that was Ted Cruz's reason for bringing, uh-huh. you know, books and things no, like that yeah. into his discussion. It's Mitch. Mc- no, not Mitch McConnell. Lindsey Graham also asked her. He was like, what's your faith? Like, what 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 faith are you? And she's like, I'm Protestant. What does that have to do with anything? And he said, OK, well, do you think that you could be fair to judge someone who was Catholic. And it's like, what, do we ever ask these questions 
of anyone else. Like, I really feel like you are grasping at straws because you know that she, there is no legitimate grounds to no, deny but her being on the No, but they're going to bring it up because they want at least those discussion topics to be heard in this hearing for everybody that's on the other side. Like, Absolutely. bringing up hot yeah. button topics yeah. like critical race theory and religion and things like that are ways for the other side's ears to perk up to be like, ooh, what's she going to say? What's she going to do? Right. Oh, was that the right answer? Should she have said right. this? It's it's setting them up for a friggin' trap. Oh, absolutely it is. Uh, There were also like in her past as a public defender, she had advocated on behalf of the treatment of Guantanamo Bay detainees. Right. By the way, if you don't know about that, please go back and listen to our uh, 9-11 War on Terror episode because the way that those people were treated was horrendous and inhumane. Horrifying. And And she should be defending them. (laughs) And absolutely, she should be advocating for them to be treated like human Human beings. beings. Uh, But some Republican senators like Tom Cotton from Arizona, it led them to ask her if she ever represented a terrorist from Guantanamo Bay. She was asked several times. Like, I don't know if that was actually in this confirmation hearing or in her last um, Court of Appeals Hearing. Hearing. Uh, I don't know which one it was because they have been saying racist shit for so long. Yeah. uh, To her in an effort to keep her from advancing. Yeah. Which is just ain't that the way it works. Ain't that the way it works. Well, before we go any further, should we take a really quick break? Yeah, let's take a quick break and we will be right back to keep talking about Katanji. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay, so another thing that really pissed me off was that this guy, Republican Senator Josh Hawley. Oh, yeah. From (sighs) Missouri. Yeah. From good old Keegan State. I get like hot 
My chest gets hot I, every I time feel. I see a picture of that man. I hate him so much. I hate him. With just like a, a real, like it feels personal. I don't blame you. I, <laughs> I I think that we all kind of have that with our hometowns, especially if you have like Like you're positive, embarrassing us. Right. And you have like positive <laughs> memories or you want to feel like a connection to that place. And then you see it's people doing super shitty stuff. And you're like, no, We're don't not, ruin it. Not all Missourians. Right. For real. Yeah. <laughs> she got out. All right. But this asshole wrote a Twitter thread about how Jackson was lenient on sentencing those convicted with child sex abuse images. This tirade was followed by debunking from CNN, the Washington Post, and even the conservative National Review, who called the thread meritless to the point of demagoguery. Did I say that word mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Like, yeah. that's the thing. you're absolutely right. They're only bringing these things up because they know that they can then be used as a Fox News headline exactly. or talking point. They're literally making their own headlines by asking these questions. It has no merit. Her response has nothing to do with it. The fact that they can say whatever they want and ask whatever they want, they're taking advantage yeah, of they that. Know who, you know? they, they know that the people who want to stop hearing after that yeah. are going to stop hearing exactly. after that. They're only going to absorb that information. Yeah. That like, oh, she's soft on pedophiles. Exactly. And, like, and that is also such a hot button thing because if you think about QAnon, QAnon and the all of these things, mm-hmm. like that is their main calling card that they are here to save the children and that they are here to fight against this cabal of pedophiles in our government so if you're bringing up again these things that are so sensitive to so many people on the right you're bringing up child sexual abuse right that's going to perk their ears up right no matter what her response to that is the fact that she might have defended somebody like that in the past is a a negative check on their list well and he was talking about as a judge like not giving harsh enough sentences and her response to that was it's a case-by-case basis so for instance one time i had to sentence someone who was 18 who had been speaking with a federal agent to a teenager teenage girl and i'm not going to sentence that person the same as i would sentence you know a pedophile who is um, going after like members of his own family or is, right. is, is like going after multiple children. And isn't or, that what being a good judge is, right. is, is taking a look at the facts of the case and, and determining and, apl- and, and applying proper justice to each case. Right. Yeah, of course. Like why? Because then it would be obscene. They're different circumstances. Exactly. Exactly. But Holly's whole thing was that he wrote this Twitter thread as a way to quote unquote warn Katanji before his questioning on Monday to be like, this is what's like coming to you or whatever. And it's it's uh, it's something. But the thing that absolutely boggled my mind and made me the most angry, like made my palms sweaty this morning was reading what Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn brought up. Oh, gosh. Her opening statement was so gross. I mean, uh, and again, this is just rolling out the red carpet of every hot button topic you could possibly think of. She brought up trans children competing in sports, critical race theory, and the 1619 Project, while accusing her of being a judicial activist with a secret agenda to indoctrinate children and free violent criminals. It is so wild to me because I'm like, on the basis of what? Like, it ends up feeling very racist it does that and you would just assume like you're gonna say all of these things to this woman on 
with no basis. With like no you're just basis. like, I don't know. I look at you and think you have a hidden agenda to exactly. protect sex criminals. Like, what are you talking about? Or to like, okay, so the 1619 project, I didn't really know about it. So I Googled it, learned a little bit about yeah, it. It's so very if you cool. don't know, it's super cool. Yeah. So it's a journalism endeavor, which reframes America's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black America at the center of the United States national narrative. Yeah. So it kind of reframes history in a way where instead of it being being very like white Eurocentric, yeah. it frames it more around the black experience in America, which I think is would be a very comprehensive way of learning history, especially since we've learned it in one way for right. so long. But to them, especially when we're talking about critical race theory, it's what kickstarted this entire national exactly. conversation about about critical race theory because them wanting to use that in schools. It's about teaching mm-hmm. an alternative narrative to American history that is so offensive to them that bringing up that project does in their minds and I think to a lot of other people as well it does point to like she's fighting for critical race theory she's gonna be okay it's it's so like my blood is gonna start boiling uh, right (laughs) I'm like she is a black woman and myself as a mixed race person black person Whenever I read, because I read, you can read um, large portions of the 1619 Project online if you Google it or else you used to be able to. And when I first started reading that, it resonated with me so much because I'm like, yes, this is my culture. This is what my family had to go through. Like, Finally, I'm understanding a bit more in other contexts, maybe other parts of our history. And it was powerful to me to be able to read that. She is a black woman. <laughs> like, it's going to resonate with her as well. And like, she has every right for that to resonate and with her. Yes. And for you and to say for that, that to she be seen shouldn't. as a negative thing, I just don't understand. It's just infuriating. Like, Why don't just, we want representation? Why don't we want to be discussing these things that make you feel uncomfortable? Because people don't want to think of themselves or their ancestors as villains. Like, they just don't want to see it like but that. But people are so complex. Like, right. I, I, I fucking accept that. Except that people in your life are probably shitty and doing shitty things. I've accepted that about living people in my family. Right. I've accepted you know? that about myself. I'm not it proud of every you... action I've ever done in my life. Of like... course not. But you you have to be able to reconcile that with yourself and see what's right from wrong. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person just because you're related to somebody who did something bad. Right. You can't fuck yeah. it up in your it's head just, that way. It's hard for people to dismantle this idea of of America, of the America that we've always grown up to believe. Yeah, Um, that it could possibly change. Right, we want to believe that America is, that we're the good guys, you know, and it's just, that's just not been the case for most of history, for most groups. And it's not helping us to put our head in the sand and pretend that we are. Right, I agree. Yeah, her comments really triggered me. I was very upset it's nasty <laughs> yes yeah. it's, it's, it's just nasty. very very nasty yes what and she's this saying. again this woman like she is so calm under pressure she's just graceful and it's such an example again it reminds me of when amy coney barrett um testified during brett kavanaugh's confirmation here right it's kind of like for women we so often have to learn how to be like polite and, and calm. compliant under pressure and not just pressure but under like someone who's like hurling insults at you yeah. and like attacking your character for no reason like Marsha Blackburn had no reason to say those things no uh so very upsetting uh 
There's also a lot of GOP senators who have been shamed already for their clearly racist comments and questions during her D.C. Circuit nomination last summer. So a lot of those have resurfaced, uh, some of them asking whether she'd ever participated in a riot or if she'd ever been arrested for committing a hate crime. What? Uh, People have been telling her to her face that she's an affirmative action pick. Like, it's just (sighs) this blatant... So hurtful. Racism. Like, this is like... A woman who's like getting a really cool job. Like, can we not shit on her? Like, historic job. Yeah. And like, it's just, why are you so scared? Stop being a fucking bully. (laughs) You're so scared of black people and you're so scared of women that like you are just willing to be straight up fucking horrible. Horrible. To their face. Yeah. 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 And Lindsey Graham addressed that kind of where. He was like, well, I think we're all numb to being called racist now. So we're just going to we're just going to say whatever we feel like we need to say. And we're going to ask whatever questions we feel like we need to ask. And I'm like, OK, OK, bro. Like, you if do that's you, I the guess. route you want to take, then there's really no arguing that if you're totally cool with us calling you a racist, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, that's but your choice. <laughs> they have no reason not to confirm her. So I I would be extremely extremely surprised if she wasn't confirmed yeah same so we'll see we shall see okay so i wanted to do a little bit of a continuation off of last week's discussion on the don't say gay bill Mm -hmm. and then also kind of what i brought up about the disney company and all of that and Mm -hmm. what their response was to this bill especially because disney is such a major, major, major money-making device for the state of Florida. They give a lot of donations to a lot of Florida politicians and things like that. And Disney employees have fucking had it. They have had enough. So Well, because Disney released that statement, right, where they were like, we don't condone this. But then... And they're doing all of these other very performative things. Like, they're going to give us a gay kiss in some movie that's coming out now. Which I'm like, great. Okay. I mean, representation matters, of course, but like to me, that feels like a very, it's like, it's a band aid. Right. On the problem. It's like the summer of 2020 when we were like, okay, cool, I guess, that you're not saying master suite when you go to show an apartment anymore, but can we maybe like fix this on like a, substantial like fundamental like level <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean like this is wonderful but can this also trickle down into like the more important stuff that'd be great yeah I mean at the end of the day like I I, I don't care keep calling it a master suite can we maybe get some police reform that'd be great <laughs> like no okay that's let's fine. put that on a t-shirt <laughs> like, oh goodness so yeah but the employees of Disney of course are not all just cishet white men you know Correct, they, yeah. they come from all different backgrounds they have all different identities they have all different life experiences and they have had just about a fuck enough mm-hmm. of Disney having anything to do with this don't say gay bill. So they planned a walkout for Tuesday morning in protest of the company where hundreds of employees right in our backyard where yeah. you used to work, right? Up in Burbank? Yeah, I worked at the I don't think I signed anything. I worked <laughs> I worked for ABC, which is But Disney. isn't it the same building? So not where I worked. I worked on the Prospect lot, which is in Los Feliz. So that's right. I worked in Los Feliz, but yes, the main like where I went to get my badge and do my orientation. Where like the, the big giant Mickey hat mm-hmm. is. You can see it from the freeway. Yeah, yeah there's all a big that giant kind of Mickey hat, and there's I saw, Mickey's all along the fences, exactly. all around Alameda by Providence Hospital. If you live in LA, you know exactly what we're yes. talking about. Yeah, and <laughs> if you don't, so sorry. But yeah, Anthony sent me the video of everybody walking out, and that's it was what hundreds. you see is all the Mickey heads on. 
the um on the little tops of the fences, yeah. which I think is like a really great photo too, because it's it's showing like mm-hmm. this very clear image of what they're walking out on as well. It's this huge, 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 huge company. And so for the the workers that were working at Disneyland California, they were also in discussion to be doing this walkout, but a lot of them felt very unsafe to do so. Yeah. Especially since they've been told not to wear pride or trans pride that is Mickey pins fucked. at work. That it's, is fucked up. It's very fucked up. Like how, what, excuse you? Yeah. You can't tell me that I can't wear that. Yeah. The Disney walkout Twitter page wrote, they want us to feel quote safe, but then sell our identities as brands and profits while preventing those same identities from existing in their own company. Yeah. I, that's, it's part of, it, it's part of who you are. Why shouldn't you be able to wear a, a rainbow pin exactly and if you're and if we are now starting to celebrate these characters on screen if you're going to be showing a gay kiss if you're going to be telling these stories why are you denying the people that work for you those same stories why are you just complying with like what the world wants just to make yourselves look better but really not doing anything from the inside to protect the people that work for you you're going to profit off of our stories yep right like because diversity is such a huge hot button kind of like thing right now yes so you're going to profit off of the stories of minorities and then not do anything to actually make them feel safe or protected or protect their rights at all and it really sucks that you know, as much as I always advocate for workers and, you know, will always say, like, we have so much power as workers. Like, we are the thing that keeps this machine running. Like, without us, it stops. Everything right. stops, right? And I think that leveraging that power and using that power is so important. And so being able to say, like, okay, we're going to organize a walkout. We're going to stop production um, today, right? Like, I think that's great. However... It also really sucks that workers have to put themselves in a position to potentially lose their jobs. Um, It shouldn't have to be like that. Like we should be able to rely on the people in power to protect us. And if you do the right thing right away, instead of having to put ourselves or our finances or our families in danger because we have to stand up for the right thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, and having worked in a lot for a lot of different corporations and different companies they always want to make you feel like you are in a family right they always want to make you feel like which is so toxic with them but it's not true but I uh, that is so toxic to me I really don't vibe with that whole like we're a family because that means that they're going to try to get away with stuff with you because we're like family family helps each other family does this stuff it doesn't go both ways you are an employee employer you have Mm -hmm. certain things that you have been expected to do with your job act that way that's something I've had to learn especially working with, with families, families in yeah. people's homes mm-hmm. that line is so fucking blurry and you have to draw those boundaries for right. yourself but I think even working in a big company you have to realize like how fucking toxic those statements are and and realize that like okay but even though we we want this happy harmonious work environment and I think that's really what we're striving for mm-hmm. that kind of language to me is very much like because we're like family, I can treat you a certain well, way. Well, that's away exactly with it. it. Because that line, we're like family, only applies 
to you. Yep. Right. Like you need to behave a certain way because you're in this family. But that and it's almost mean, like and I'm like the father and you revere to me. And I don't know. Right, there's just I all this treat like, Ugh. you a certain like it never goes back the other way. Yes. Right. Because like if you're a family and you're supposed to be respecting each other that way, then I should be able to go to you and feel comforted by you and protected by you. Exactly. But that's not how this works. Mm-mm. Right. Like you're always doing the protecting for the company. That's always what ends up happening. Exactly. Is sacrificing your time your life your energy their paycheck right that's all they care about Mm -hmm. yeah and this as soon as you become a liability to them you're no longer like family to them no you know so just keep that mind in mind you know i really feel like gen z is moving in that direction yeah i don't know who we're lecturing right now but for anybody that needs to hear that especially i mean i feel like a lot of people do especially like when you're new in the workplace i feel like it's so easy to get taken advantage of or to not know what your rights are and how to set boundaries and things like that i think it's super important and that's why you know as shitty as it is that we see these people risking their jobs to to make these kinds of statements it is so important for us to continue to be voicing those things for everybody else that maybe feels like they can't voice those things yeah. like the workers in yeah. Disneyland who are feeling unsafe to be who they are luckily these people in Burbank were able to get up and walk out from their desks and there were actually a few smaller walkouts before that like during their 15 minute breaks they would all get up and walk out and things like that yeah. so I'm very proud of them. I think it's amazing what they're doing. I hope that, you know, all of their jobs are protected and their families are okay and all of that. But I really hope that continuing this discussion on this Don't Say Gay Bill and the fact that it has still kind of stayed in the media, I'm hoping that it can be squashed, that this discussion can eventually end, that hopefully Disney and other major corporations will stop donating so much money to these hateful Republican senators who are creating these awful legislations and so putting more responsibility on those companies i'm always here for yeah me too and also keep that in mind come pride month whenever disney tries to sell you something with mickey mouse's face on it that's covered in rainbows just know that like they're not really putting their money where their mouth is and i say this as someone who is somewhat of a disney adult like i i love going to disneyland i think it's fun i love disney movies but like don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Yeah. I mean, in general, I would always say that whenever you you want to buy anything that's like support supportive of a cause, make sure that it's actually giving back to that cause mm-hmm. in some way. I think it's really easy for us to just like buy the pride shirt at Target instead of, you know, maybe ordering online from a company or that an, like yeah, really an independent needs it. seller. Independent yeah. seller or somewhere where they donate a lot of money to certain causes. Like there are a lot of places out there. So you just kind of have to do your research on it and make sure that you're also not that it's the consumer's responsibility necessarily, but it's also good to know where your money is going and things like that. And yeah, maybe this, doing better in the world, you know, maybe this Pride Month we can kind of break down for you uh companies and, and how much money they donate to anti-gay legislation. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be a great idea. Let's see how much money they donate in June to, like, the Trevor Project mm-hmm. and things like that. And then let's see what they do the rest of the year. That would be real interesting. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed another week's news episode. If there are any topics that you want us to discuss in the future, please email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. If you haven't checked out our merch yet, please do so. It's pretty cute. You can go to the link in our bio on our Instagram page 
or the link is also in the show notes wherever you are listening to us now. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, the best way you can support us is by leaving us a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. All right, that's all we got for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Yen. And I'm Nat. And we're the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. Comic Sans is a show for people who know nothing about comics, like me. And people who love them, like me, and want to learn more about them. What makes you an authority on comic books? I read them, write them, live them, breathe them. What makes you the authority on knowing nothing? Honestly, Yen, two seasons in, I actually know a little more than I used to. You're welcome. The reason for that is that every episode, I make Nat read one of my favorite comics, like Daredevil Saga or This One Summer. And then he tells me what makes that comic so special. And then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. You can listen to the second season of Comic Sans now. With new episodes every two weeks. Wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Yen, I think I know so much about comics now that this might have to be our last season. Nat, there will forever be more comic than you will ever know. What does that even mean? I don't know, it sounds profound though. Right?